Hi everyone, welcome to the AI of Mankind show, where I share anything interesting about mankind. I'm your host for this season. My name is Andrew Liu. I've worked across four continents and 12 international cities. Also, I've worked in tech startups across a range of roles from selling products, making customer happy, figuring out fundraising, making finance tick, building teams, and developing sticky products. Apart from building startups, I've also worked in Fortune 500 companies as a chief data scientist or technologist or people leader. You can call me jack of all trades or master of learning. I hope to make this podcast show a great learning experience for us. In each season, there is a series of interesting things where I invite guests to share their views about their life and interests. Now let the show begin. Harry, thanks for coming to the show. Allow me to introduce Harry to everybody. Harry is a product leader with 19 years of experience in entrepreneurship, tech, e-commerce, logistic, and fintech. He has built several startups in the e-commerce logistics space and was headhunted for Lazada in Singapore and later on Sinomi in Saudi Arabia, specifically for his experience building startups and systems in e-commerce logistics. As Sinomi, Harry is a senior product manager responsible for the design and delivery of fulfillment and delivery systems for the Saudi retail giants. Harry has a passion for community service, currently serves as a volunteer in M3 at Putnam, a multi-agency network between Mus, Madaki, and Mursa in collaboration with community volunteers with professional backgrounds. He also served in the digital strategy and technology community of the Association of Muslims Professionals in Singapore. So let me start checking out the uh, people. And then not only that, but I think he also served as a career mentor and provide mentorship to professionals and students on ADP list, advisory SG and National University of Singapore. Harry's also founded various technology communities with the recent ones being product SG, design SG and Telegram. Harry has a Master of Science with Merit in Digital Media Design from the University of Ending and a Professional Certificate in Product Strategy and Management from the National University of Singapore. He's also an Advanced Certified Scrub Product Owner and Scrub Master. Welcome, Henry. Thank you for having me, Andrew. Let me start to ask you a very interesting question. The first interesting question is, tell us to the audience your backstory in terms of how do you became a tech leader from the day you finished school? A very interesting question because you never really finished school. So I guess uh, I finished school multiple times. So I graduated from poly and then you went to, of course, all of us went to NS, right? One, when I finished NS, I, I, I knew that what I wanted to do was to build a business. Lah. So from the beginning already, I started up a company lah, doing things, a thousand things of business. <laughs> so really, I was immature, I was naive, I thought I could do this. But but it was a good lesson for me, lah. going through the school of hard knocks. So again, you're really not finishing school there. I just entered a new school of, of school of hard knocks, right? And then it gave me some wisdom to continue with my career. I started out as a software engineer. And then later on, I did some freelancing and eventually I started up again. And really the reason why 
I, I got the entrepreneur bug early was basically, I saw my father who at the time was a, was an engineer. He was a general manager in an engineering company in Singapore. And he decided to start up in his thirties while I was in primary school. And at that time, we didn't expect the Asian financial crisis to hit. It was a difficult time. The impact that or the lenses that gave me was that you know, I, I think I wanted to do entrepreneurship because my dad, I, I decided I wanted to start early before I had responsibilities. I, I didn't want to be married when I was doing this. Yeah. Like how does your dad inspire you? What was the episode? Do you remember that moment, that event? Like what was the conversation with your dad? Or what, what decided to, I need to start again or I need to do a startup again? You know? Yeah, my, my dad was one of the, actually my dad discouraged me from doing entrepreneurship. Well, what, what did he say that time when you say you want to do a startup? You know? he, he, he told me, go get a job. Like, you don't know anything. Like, hey, yeah, your parents will have the best interests in mind for you, obviously. Yeah. So I was as, well, I want to do it, right? I want to do things before I, I have a family, before I, if, if things don't go too well, right, then the impact to my family would be minimal. Lah. Yeah, so, so for me, yeah. yeah, for me, that was logical. Lah. So yeah. I was pretty stubborn. I decided to do it. It was difficult. Lah. I, I, my income wasn't that stable, no CPF and all that. But I tried in and out of careers. Okay, feel, okay, lah. what's the worst that could happen? Go get a job. Lah. Yeah. And in fact, I think my entrepreneurship experience really helped me get jobs. Yeah, because the, the, the prospective employees all liked that I had a startup experience, that I was willing to be on, entrepreneurial and do things differently, which is... Yeah, know, let's yeah. talk about that because the audience, especially the younger folks, they are always keen to learn about when you say that the, your startup experience helped in your corporate experience, especially when you have done jobs for small, medium companies and big tech companies and you did your startup. What was the difference just like, and then eventually, how do you continue along the way. Yeah. For me, I think my experience was that I, I got involved with small companies or start, uh, were probably in the same maturity point as myself, right? I, I wanted to do things hands-on. I wanted to learn new things. They needed things to be more flexible. There weren't any policies. Hard, you know, the, the, the rules were just sometimes maybe non-existent. Right? You, you, you do what you want to do and you learn as you go along, right? Yes. This is how SMEs are normally like, right? So they prefer people with uh, a big brickness to them. That, that helped me get involved in SMEs and later on startups, right? I, 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 I cut out again uh, after freelancing for a bit. This time around, my second business, the beta group, I was doing antivirus and a bit of web development on the site. So just a simple, principal web development shop, uh, small enterprise, figuring out what, you know, what, what I want to do. And at the same time, I think it was the same time as the as the country trying to mold new entrepreneurs. I wasn't from NDS at the time, but I was just a polygrad. But I got involved in the garage at NUS, right? And so I met a lot of people there. And I also met my future wife there. Yeah. So my wife was in NDS, but she wasn't involved in the other I, It just happened to be, I was in the area and then, hey, what you got? Right? But that's another story. Okay. So yeah. When you are within a community uh, and ideas, you get inspired by other people's journey. You just want to try and try again. It was, I think, after the bitter group, a friend of mine, So Young, who was my, one of my buddies in that, started out a startup called Stream Media. And then I helped him build a proof of concept for Movent, which is the software as a service for mobile payments. 
but it was new at the time. But he did get funded. He got funded by so one 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 of the early ones by Singtel. One was two three five nine. The other one was uh, Stream Media. They were the first two, right? Uh, so after he got the funding, we call hey, do you, do you want to join or not? Because at the time early on while he was starting out, he asked me whether I wanted to join. I said no lah. I'm earning for both as a standalone guy working by myself forty k a year. I was comfortable. I didn't want to restart everything. So this journey was just starting out. I was at PA somewhere. Just I've just started also. I was already quite comfortable. I, I didn't have that passion yet with him or the same goal with him yet. Maybe the, the vision wasn't shared yet. But, but once he got the funding, he needed uh, more guys. I have a chatted. He chatted with me and said, okay, looks like, looks very interesting because I was at Crossroads and I was a standalone one-man show and I needed to grow as well, but didn't have the funding. I was all self-funded, but he has the funding. He's building a team. I thought, okay, this natural progression for me. If I don't mind going to employment, but this is a startup. Right, so I get to do something that that is startup related lah. Went to join Stream Media after that, and a few years within the within the block seventy one circles, jump across the pond to another startup in there, helping others build the thing. And then eventually, I decided I really wanted to do my own thing. I I felt that I had enough experience working for others in the startup scene, and I just wanted to do my own thing. So a, a couple of weeks after I got married, I which was a very risky thing, I decided I wanted to do another startup. So, oh, I'll talk about like why was it risky and what do you gone through and discussed? Yeah, so I really discussed things with my wife, right? <laughs> yeah, she decided to support me after some disagreements about my my future. I want to do, but I said support me, give it a while. Doesn't work out, you will get another job. To me, what's the worst that could happen? We're still early in our marriage, We're still living with your parents. Just give it a shot and see what happens. And that was the best. Step. To me, actually, after two and a half years, we were doing 150k. I was uh, building a team of my own. I was I was building quite a service, which was a Shopify clone. We were doing oh. a WooCommerce B software as a service. And at at the end of two years, I met a friend Adi, who was at the time the MD of Zalora Singapore. Oh, and he wanted to build a startup, and he wanted to build it with me. But he proposed to do an M&A, which was very interesting. So in a sense, my, my little company got acquired. Like I, I had a few small investors inside my company. They were all people who I met that thought that would help me, help me guide my decisions. And they were very happy to be paid off. The small <laughs> investment grew into a few thousand extra dollars. Okay, like, let's go. Yeah, he, he decided to do it. I formed, I formed other friends, Zaid under m and agreement and I became the director of technology and the director of supply chain systems for iFarmers and through his help as well we were able to raise funding up to about I think almost 2 mil series A we, we did revenue of about 2M a year uh, which was good we, we were killing it basically of course you know, it, was, it wasn't easy it was a lot of struggle in the beginning Ali was the first time entrepreneur but we get the support of us who were a little bit more seasoned yeah but yeah we didn't quite survive e-commerce because we couldn't we couldn't cross to the next round of funding. Even though, frankly speaking, I think quite well, we we did 2M, but we also got Amazon as one of our anchor clients. So at the time, Simpost was the one that, yeah, that they got the Amazon contract, but we took it away from them. So a young punk startup doing e-commerce logistics was able to take away Amazon, take away Challenger, take away SP into our company and we were serving them and I felt 
this is this is one of the best achievements that 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 we've had as a company where three young Malay blokes just decided to show the world that hey we can do it too. Right. So we did it. We did it. We didn't quite make it for whatever reasons. Uh, there were a lot of mistakes that we we did as well, but we learned from it. So Ali went on to do other things as well. He he did a few other startups and eventually he he founded Logistic, which recently exited with Shipper at 18M. Yeah. So Logistics basically was one of the ideas that I I had visualized when we were at Commerce. I begged him to do it, but he wasn't ready to do it. He gave me a call. Let's want to join me. So yeah, uh, at that time I already joined Lazada. Ah, so I, after I Commerce, you got hit hunter to. Uh, you still remember that conversation on that story? Yeah, after e-commerce, it was a few years in the wilderness. Basically, I, I did another startup doing halal food deliveries, and then I had another difficult moment with Wat Salah, who was supposed to have acquired us, but they didn't pay us. So that was one of the darkest moments in my life, lah, where we made all mistakes, knowing who, who who these people really were when we got to work with them. We were friends. We were friends outside of, of work. We, we knew each other for some time, and we thought that. They, they were proper people who were ethical but when we, we started doing the business together it was really not what we expected I thought this wasn't where it was going and I, eventually that, that didn't work out and then I got a call from Ali to to do Janio because it's oh, second startup yes. yeah so that just join me do Janio I knew anyway okay let's do it bridge under water under the bridge we, we had after I commerce fell apart yeah we, we did fight we did yeah, quite a big fight. Uh, but yeah, when he called me up to do Jano, we had a chat, started the bridge. Uh, yeah, let's do this. Didn't have any shares. I wasn't an, an entrepreneur by then. And uh, I still do, did what I wanted to do. And that was to be a product manager. And this was the time when I found out that I was going to have a, a, a baby. So when that happened, when I lost my company and then Adi gave me a call to join Jano, I, I said, okay, like, I think I want to pause time of my entrepreneurship journey for a while. Yeah. Let's give it a pause because I'm expecting a child. This is my first child. Uh, the responsible thing to do is to have some stability. Right? Yes. The baby is coming. That's, I need to keep this human alive. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually, Ali left. At that time, I was already here and I for Lazada. Yeah. So Lazada had an opening for the product manager that had experience in logistics, right? Yes. And apparently, they couldn't fill that role for eight months. Wow. It was an open role. Eight months, they couldn't fill it up. And uh, I, I did submit my CV, I think quite early when the opening was available. But for some reason, so many applicants, the CV didn't surface up. So seven months in, actually, the recruiter called me and asked whether I, whether I, I was interested in the role. I said, yeah. It, it was one of my shortlisted companies when I decided I want to go back to the appointment. They said, yep, yeah, definitely. It. I wasn't sure whether, it was so long ago that I wasn't sure if I had already submitted my CV. And I actually did a check. Actually, she called me, yeah, I actually already did, but it's okay. You know, I'm doing this because I feel that your your background is very suitable for the role and I'm pushing it out for you. And I, I was very grateful for her because I got the I got the role. Yeah, I got a role within three weeks. And it was very fast. They they just interviewed me very quickly. They realized they, they thought that I was quite a fit. I, I went in. Right. So not only that, I was actually during your first three months, right? I was actually at, at the second month they approved me already. So I, I didn't need to wait my three months to be confirmed as an employer. Like that. Wow. It was actually quite a bit of a bummer when they learned that I was leaving. It was, it was just a difficult road to fill, right? But I, was, I really enjoyed my time in Lazada. 
I felt that I learned a lot there. I felt that it was one of the best companies to work in. People Care was great. People Care was amazing. One of the one of the best companies I would say that that really took care of its people. So yeah, then at, at the same time, I also decided to do my degree. La. When I heard that maybe it was coming, right? I just took stock and I wanted to figure out what do I need to do to provide stability to my family. Yes. And where, where should I go from here? I knew that my skills as an entrepreneur was transferable to a product manager. Mm. So I invested time to learn how to be a product manager. And I, I realized that, hey, a lot of these skills were transferable. This was that I've been doing for the past 10 years of my life. Uh, everything on how to build a product. Yeah, that was it. It was transferable. I decided this is my career moving forward. And then I decided you know, I only have a diploma. It was time for me to get a degree. I, I did. I tried I tried to do a degree one with the University of Adelaide. I decided to drop out because I just couldn't focus. So when I decided to try again, I made it very strategic. I knew that a diploma could be converted to a degree because our polytechnic diploma is actually very strong. As strong as two years or three years of your degree, right? So the UK would accept it, the Australian, Australian universities would accept it. You just need to spend another year and become a bachelor's degree, right? Uh, I diversified my plan whereby one way to help me be, uh, earn my credentials as a product manager was also to try uh, the specialist diploma in UX that was offered by SP. I also applied for that, right? Uh, so whatever that came in, then I would make the choice on which was the better option. Lah. I also applied for a master's program, even though they didn't have a bachelor's degree. So the master's program was from the University of Edinburgh, was an online program, okay. which I could do part-time, which was great. So when I, when I came across it, I realized, hey, this fit me very well. Because, you know, I was a software engineer, I did entrepreneur, uh, I did business, but I have not really grown myself as a designer. So as a product manager, you are in between UX tech. And business, right? I really didn't have that UX parts as much as I wanted to be a well-rounded product manager. So I just applied for it. I talked to the professors. The professor said, let me look at portfolio. I give her the portfolios. That looks like quite good. Maybe just give it a try because I don't do admissions. But it looks good enough. Uh, give it a shot. Who knows what happens, right? And I tried. And I did. I was surprised. Oh, wow. I did not have a bachelor's degree and I got it. So I asked around, how did that happen? So they said, they just look at my entire educational background and they also took, took a look at where my career path was uh, and they considered that as part of my academic profile. So from their perspective, Edinburgh is the best universities in the world. It's fourth after, after oh, sorry, it's fifth after Oxford, right? It's, it's, as, it's actually at that, at that level. Look at my academic profile, they felt that I was, I was validated and someone, somebody who had already completed a bachelor's degree, even though they didn't complete it, but it was a conditional offer. And I said, I need to pass my English. <laughs> so, oh, okay. So English, you have to take this LDS. Oh, okay, no problem. But the condition was I had to pass with a high pass, high distinction. All right, let's, let's give it a shot. No, no, no risk, no, no reward, right? Yeah. And I, the next week, I booked the test. And the results was a week later, I got a high distinction. Huh, and then they gave me an unconditional offer. So great. I did it. I did that. And when I, I graduated, we were married. That's fantastic. So the interesting question yeah. is, can you share with the audience out there? These days, everybody's talking about skilling and the fresh graduate. Let's say they take a job, they want to upskill themselves. And we all know that Lazada is a very fast-paced company relative to a lot of other organizations like government or some of the slower SMEs. How do you manage that? What are the tactics and steps that you will encourage somebody 
to do the same thing, like to be in a fast-paced yeah. company and to do a, a upgrading course. Oh, it's not easy. Especially when you have a little human running around. Oh. Especially a little human running around. And I think by the time I joined Lazada, number two was coming. <laughs> yeah. A, a big part of it was, was also the understanding of my wife. I was pregnant and taking care of the, of the child. And at times, while oh. she was taking care of the child, I was also studying. And sometimes I took a break to help her with the child. Right? It's not easy at all. The next day, you still got to go to work. But even before all this start part-time is challenging. I did it before, you know, remember when I tried Adelaide and I was working full-time then as well. It was not easy. I just, my kid wasn't in the game. We hope you thoroughly enjoyed part one of our inspiring podcast with Harry Hezrel, a remarkable tech leader whose journey from startups to success is both empowering and insightful. Harry's resilience, determination and continuous pursuit of knowledge have paved the way for his achievements as a senior product manager at Lazada. As we embark on part two of this captivating conversation with Harry, get ready to venture beyond borders and explore his transformation from a software engineer to a successful product manager at Lazada and eventually to a new and exciting venture in Saudi Arabia with Sunomi. He's covered the motivations behind his pursuit of higher education, the challenges he faced as a single breadwinner and the potential for digital transformation in the booming economy industry of Southeast Asia. In part two, Harry will shed light on the intense world of e-commerce and share valuable insights into the opportunities and advancements that lie ahead in automation and technology within the region's e-commerce sector. Stay tuned for another riveting episode with Harry Hezrel as we delve into the realm of e-commerce success and the boundless potential of digital transformation in today's dynamic tech landscape. Prepare to be inspired by Harry's unwavering spirit and determination to embrace new frontiers in the world of technology and innovation. Hi guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. If this is the first time you are tuning in, remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and love this episode, please share it with your friends, family and acquaintances. See you later and see you soon.